Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Morning, guys. How's it going today? It's uh, great to be together online, unfortunately not in person. It um, sort of feels a bit like deja vu, doesn't it, when we're stuck in another lockdown. It can kind of feel a bit like here we are again and can be even more disheartening sometimes when it feels like maybe this lockdown could be the longest one yet. So what do we do with that? What do we do when we find ourselves in a place again that is unpleasant, where we feel awkward and uncomfortable, and where quite often we're not the best versions of ourselves. I know that from my experience being in lockdown, it's a real struggle for, for my mental health, for my physical health. I know my ice cream consumption over the past fortnight has exponentially increased, but also our spiritual health. It can be really hard to make sure that we're continuing to be intentional about our mind, heart, and spirit. I read a really funny meme this week on Facebook, which said, a COVID lockdown can go one of four ways. You can either become a hunk, a chunk, a drunk, or a monk. Make your choice wisely. Well, I think my wife would probably argue that I'm already a hunk, but that's probably more a testament to the fact that love is blind. But it kind of makes this point that COVID is this opportunity Lockdown is this opportunity for us to decide what we're going to become. So what do we do? Well, if you're anything like me, you've probably been bouncing off the walls, feeling like a caged animal, kind of under house arrest at the moment. And it can be an incredibly lonely time. And I think my last lockdown last year when we were in it for quite an extended period of time, the thing that I found most difficult was it was a new sensation. You know, I feel like in the past, we know as human beings, when we need more food, we become hungry. We know when we need more sleep, we become tired. But when we need more socializing, when we need more community, I don't know for you guys, but for me, it was a really unfamiliar sensation of feeling lonely. I want to call today's sermon, Loneliness in Lockdown. And also, you don't need to be alone to feel lonely. I know that even if you can be in a situation right now where you feel claustrophobic and like you're currently living in a tin of anchovies, you can still feel lonely. And there's others who are physically alone, not just socially. And that's a whole other situation. And that can be such a difficult challenge to be journeying through during lockdown. I'm going to give you a challenge right now. I want you to type up in the comments section the name of somebody in our church who you've been missing during this lockdown. I want you to type up the name of people who you miss, who you care for, who you're praying for. And be generous with it. You don't need to stop at one name. Let's continue encouraging each other to build this community. And this is one way that we can do it right now. Just write down a name in the comment section of people who you miss, who you care for, who you're praying for. I'm sure they'll appreciate to see their name come up. You know, I think as these names come up right now in the comment section, 
It's a reminder that we're not alone. We might feel right now like we're so isolated and locked down. But the reality is, if you're part of the center, you're part of a community. You're part of a family of brothers and sisters who care for you. So this love fest doesn't need to stop here. This week, here's a challenge. Why don't you text one person each day who's part of this community just to say, hey, I've been thinking of you. Hey, I've been praying for you. Hey, here's an encouraging Bible verse to just lift your spirits today. Because it's through this lockdown that we can actually build community. It's through this lockdown that we can actually grow. You know, it might feel like for us, this lockdown is somewhat unprecedented. But I want to encourage you that there's people that we can look to in the Bible as models for how to respond to a lockdown, like the Apostle Paul. Well, you might be thinking, hold on, the Apostle Paul wasn't in lockdown. And you're kind of right, but you're kind of wrong. He was a prisoner in Rome. And as he was imprisoned in the Roman Empire, in a cell, what was his response to that situation? He wrote letters. He wrote letters of encouragement to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, to the Philippians, encouraging, exhorting, speaking love and life and truth over them, writing inspirational letters to churches all throughout the known world at that time. That was his decision on how he would respond to that lockdown. And this isn't to shame us. This is to inspire us that right now, where you are at is in the perfect season for God to use you. I want to look at today and show you how God can use you in every season, how you can invite God into every season, how right now is the perfect season for you to grow. Philippians 1, 12 to 14 writes, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains of Christ. I love this bit. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. I love this verse. Paul isn't writing, despite my chains, I've still been able to preach the gospel. Despite my chains, I've been able to share the good news. He says, because of my chains, because of this season that I'm in right now, I'm able to do things that I wasn't able to previously because of my chains. He writes, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What an inspiration for us as we head into another lockdown. That it's not despite this lockdown, but it's because of this lockdown that we can glorify God, that the Holy Spirit might become more powerful in our lives, that we can meaningfully share the good news of Jesus. So those who might suddenly be more willing to hear it in a moment of desperation, in a moment of trial, in a moment of anguish, as we as an entire state experience a lockdown. And this is what James is writing about today in verse 13 as well. In James 5.13, he says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Let's use this season. Let's use this season right now, not just in the good, not just in the bad, but in every season, finding God. But James doesn't expect us to respond the same each time. He's expecting us to be genuine in the season that we're in. 
He's saying, is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing. It's not about being disingenuous. It's about inviting God into the season that we're in, whether it's winter or summer. I have a theory. I have a theory that there's three types of people in the world. There's people who commiserate, people who celebrate, and people who are consistent. Let me explain what that means. The first type of people are those who commiserate. They're happy to commiserate. They're happy to be your friend. They're happy to engage in the times that is the tears, the drama, the gossip, the heartache. If you've got a problem, they'll be there with a cheese board to knot it out. And they struggle to have that same consistent friendship, that same relationship when things are good. These relationships, these people thrive in seasons of trouble. Oscar Wilde famously wrote, anybody can sympathize with the sufferings of a friend, but it requires a very fine nature indeed to sympathize with a friend's success. And that's those people. There's some people who really struggle to be there in the good times. But then I'm sure we can all think of somebody else who maybe is really the celebrator, the person who's there for you in the good times, the person who's there for you for your baby shower, your 21st, your wedding, hopefully not in that order, but you get what I'm saying. It's this idea that if confetti's involved, they are there. They are keen to get involved. They will sing songs of praise until the sun comes up. But if there's ice on the road and things start getting a bit sketchy, suddenly they're MIA. They're not picking up the phone. They're bailing on coffee dates. They're fair weather friends. But both are fleeting. Both are inconsistent. What kind of friend are you? I know in my past, I've been guilty of being a celebrator, of maybe not being as consistent in times of commiseration. And I have a bit of a theory that the kind of friend you are with humans is the kind of friend you're going to be with God. If you're going to be a good friend through the commiseration, you're probably going to be in a better place spiritually in times of trial. And if you're a good friend in times of celebration, you're probably going to find it a lot easier to be in relationship with God when things are going well. But guys, we need to be consistent. James is calling for consistency, praying in the trouble, singing in the joy. N.T. Wright says this, if your faith has no verbs, no imperatives, no discipline, no denial, no mercy, and no struggle, then you're probably doing it wrong. It's about not only inviting God into the good, but inviting him into the season of trouble, into your season of lockdown. So what does that actually look like? Well, it's, it's hard, right, to not let COVID dictate everything that we're doing. You know, this new strain of COVID even hits a bit closer to home with a bunch of people who are in their 30s being admitted to hospital. It's a scary situation that we find ourselves in. But we sing to a God who is so much bigger than a plague and pray to a God who literally overcame the grave and, and, and worship a God who promises to come and wipe away every tear and take away all our pain. That's what James writes in verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. It's about turning to God with every lesion. We're turning to God in every season and turning to God in every lesion. In our sickness, in our weakness, in our wound. Our God is so much bigger than COVID. 
He's overcome plagues and flus and viruses and epidemics and every sickness and disease that sin has brought into this world. He has overcome it. And COVID is no different. God's got this. But our response is to be praying. Because the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. James, the brother of Jesus, promises this. He knows about spiritual healing. He probably would have seen it much more than any of us will in our lifetime. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And he's not just talking about the physical. He is referring to the physical, but he's also referring to the emotional and the spiritual He says, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. That's nothing new here. This is simply reiterating the gospel, the good news that Jesus brought. A holistic healing of not just the physical, but our spiritual wounds. In James 5.16, he writes, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Church, I think that it's an absolute travesty and a tragedy that confession has taken on a connotation of negativity in our culture. Confession isn't punishment and whips and torture. Confession is a bath for the soul. Confession is beautiful. Confession is restorative. We can get so afraid of confession, ashamed of who we are, what we did, what we've been addicted to, the destructive patterns of rage or guilt or lust that we've been trapped in for years, maybe even decades. But God calls us to confession. Confession isn't the punishment. It's the remedy. It's bringing God into every season and every lesion. Matthew 9, 12, Jesus says, It's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. Jesus is comparing himself to a doctor and he's comparing sin to disease. But we can step into a holistic healing with Jesus when we invite the Holy Spirit into our season and into our lesion. Physical, emotional, spiritual, holistic healing. Turning into who we were created to be. Sons and daughters of the God Most High. When I was a bit younger, I went to a church that used to do a state of origin night every single year. And they'd have a big kind of uh, projector up on the wall. They'd bring in pizzas. And at the halftime, what would happen is all of the kids would go out onto the front kind of, I, I call it a lawn. It was barely a lawn. It was a patch of grass. It was about 10 meters squared. And play the most bloodthirsty, brutal match of tackle football that I've ever played in my life. And it was full out, no bars held, insanity. And one year, my mate Dave kind of made this really dramatic, fantastic try. And about a thousand kids fell onto him and kind of twisted his ankle up. And he kind of went into the second half of the Origin game limping, along with a bunch of other people who were bloodied and bruised and pretty worse off for wear. But about three, four weeks later, Dave's mum was talking to another one of the church mums and was saying, you know, Dave's still complaining his foot hurts a bit when he walks on it. It turns out that Dave's foot had been broken in multiple places and he'd actually created more damage by walking on a broken wound, on a broken lesion. 
Now, he then needed further invasive surgery to then re-break and heal this, this wonky foot because he'd been nursing his wound and hadn't been addressing the lesion. He was trying to live life as normal, but the bones were completely shattered. But James is calling us to not be nursing our wounds, to not be allowing them to fester and become worse over time. But he's calling us to turn to God in confession, to receive peace and joy and healing and freedom from the things that are holding us back. It's so easy for us to wander from the path that God's so clearly laid out for us. But the answer isn't to hide in the bushes like Adam and Eve. It's to come out into the full restorative cleansing light of confession. Because it's really hard to walk on the path that God set out for us when we have a broken foot. Let God teach you how to walk again. Be led by the Holy Spirit and follow Jesus into the path that he's set out for you in advance. Invite God into that lesion. You know, the core theme that James talks about throughout these last few verses I've found is just relationship. It's all about relationship. It's about coming around each other in prayer and singing and confession. And community is so important for our Christian walk. To stay socially connected, to reach out to each other, but also to reach out to the outskirts of our community, not just the inner circle. James finishes his entire letter by talking about this sentiment of searching for the one sheep that's been lost from the herd. He writes in James 5, 9 to 20, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. We've spoken about through this lockdown period, combating loneliness by inviting God into every season and inviting God into every lesion. But God has also come for every heathen. I know that term may seem a bit too harsh, but I had to keep the rhyming going along. But I think it is also a fair term. I think it is a fair term because I think we've become a little bit disconnected to that term. It's someone who's gone astray. Someone who's no longer walking on the path that God set for them. That's what this verse is referring to. People who've gone astray, people who've completely lost their way, people who have never even discovered what the path set out for them looks like, created by God. Maybe they need a call, a text, a letter. Be reminded of how loved, how missed, how much you've been praying for them. Maybe lockdown is the perfect season to address that lesion in a heathen that God's been putting on your heart. Take a page out of James's letter and be faithfully turning to God in every season, through every lesion, and reaching out to every heathen who's lost or struggling. That's the model that Jesus gave. Consistently faithful, coming to God in every season, healing and restoring holistically every lesion, and leaving the 99 for the one chasing the heathen, reaching out to souls that desperately need to taste and see just how good God is. It's what James is calling us to do, church. Wisdom written 2,000 years ago that is still so poignant for today. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you 
We thank you for the wisdom that comes from this book of James. We thank you for the way that you have been changing our hearts, changing our minds, forming our spirits over this series. Lord, would you just convict us this week to reach out to each other, to support each other, Jesus, just to show love, to show care. Lord, to open up those wounds that have been festering for way too long. And God, to outstretch an arm to those people who don't know how good you are, who have been lost. God, be with us this week in lockdown. May we no longer feel lonely, but know that we're united through your Holy Spirit as brothers and sisters in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.